Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. Striking mental health care workers are voting on a new contract after reaching a tentative deal with Kaiser Permanente yesterday. KQED's Nima Gobir reports. Over 2,000 therapists, psychologists, social workers, and counselors took to the picket lines at Northern California Kaiser facilities in mid-August to demand increased staffing and more support for workers. The National Union of Healthcare Workers says low staffing and overwhelming caseloads cause long wait times for Kaiser patients. That violates a state law that requires follow-up appointments within 10 business days. A joint statement released by Kaiser and the union says the new four-year agreement will benefit patients and improve access to mental health care. Results of the contract vote and details of the contract will be released later this week. For the California Report, I'm Nima Gobier. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Dirfetah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Following a tumultuous last few weeks, the L.A. City Council has a new president. During a virtual meeting yesterday, Councilmember Paul Krikorian was unanimously selected to lead the council. He takes over for Nuri Martinez, who resigned last week after she was caught on an audio recording making racist comments and discussing how to manipulate the redistricting process in the city. Krikorian spoke after the vote. We have a moment that we can seize right now 
to come together and heal and, and bridge gaps and, and reform the way we govern and ensure that every voice and every community is heard in, in the elected government of Los Angeles. Krikorian said he will work to reduce the power of the council president and hopes to end what he calls an era of unilateral decision-making on the council floor. Embattled council members Kevin DeLeon and Hill Cedillo were not present for the meeting. Calls for both to resign continue after they were also heard on the leaked audio recording. Before voting for Krikorian, the council moved forward with two reform measures. One would increase the number of seats on the city council, and the other would put an independent commission in charge of the city's redistricting process. But both will require a lengthy approval process, including a vote in a city election. Latino voters could make the difference this midterm between Democrats maintaining control of Congress or Republicans seizing the gavel. While the GOP has made inroads with some Latino voters, especially in states like Texas, California Latinos have not swung as far to the right in recent years. But concerns about inflation and gas prices are playing big in California's Latino-majority 22nd Congressional District, where both candidates are running to the center. KQED politics and government correspondent Marisa Lagos reports. The farm town of Delano, California, is located about two and a half hours northeast of Los Angeles. It's the kind of place many people spend their entire lives. It's already over 80 degrees on a Saturday morning, and Democrat Rudy Salas is sprinting to catch up with his float in the annual Harvest Parade in the center of the swing district. My parents graduated from Delano High. Exactly. I went to Fremont. Like, this is home. Yeah. <laughs> this is home. That's why we try to do everything. Yay! Thank you. We'll be praying for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'll take them all. Salas grew up here, and many parade-goers greet him by his first name. The GOP incumbent, Congressman David Valadeo, was nowhere to be found this Saturday morning, until you turn on the TV, where the attack ads against Salas are unrelenting, and feature voters unhappy about the economy. Gas prices have almost doubled for me. I think it's almost tripled. $150. It's not a good feeling. It hurts a little more every time. We had a chance to lower the gas tax. Rudy Salas didn't back it. This district on paper is exactly the sort of pickup opportunity Democrats salivate over. It's the birthplace of the farm workers' labor movement. Latinos make up 59% of the district. And Democrats far outnumber Republicans. But those numbers belie how Democrats have struggled in a region where oil and agriculture are king. Republican Valadeo was also born and raised in this district. His family has farmed here for two generations. He's a relatively moderate Republican, one of just 10 who voted to impeach President Donald Trump after the January 6th insurrection. Meanwhile, Democrat Salas, a state assemblyman, has regularly broken with his party to vote with the oil industry. Mike Madrid is a longtime GOP consultant in California who focuses on the Latino vote. I do think that the most interesting thing about That district is it's probably more than any other in the country, really, is you're seeing both candidates crash to the center. That's in contrast to districts where Democratic candidates are running against the oil industry and Republicans are embracing Trump and the big lie. Madrid says while the majority of Latinos will go for Salas, this is a race that will be decided by a few points. So Democrats can't afford to lose any of their base. I don't think there's much of a message that Valadeo has there. Any Republican, their job is to find as many Hispanics on the margin to peel off and hope 
that the Democrats can't turn out more than they can peel off. One Latino voter that the GOP has already peeled off is 56-year-old Vince Ruiz. Ruiz was helping his mom sell her art at a barbecue following the Harvest Parade. He feels abandoned by the Democratic Party on economic issues. My mom's a Democrat, but I turn Republican because their values, just regular economics, yeah, economics, jobs, and um, the economy, and then the deficit. People see the deficit's not even mentioned anymore. But not everyone blames Democrats. Voter Peter Nevre is 70 years old and says, while gas prices are important... No, I don't blame Rudy Salas. It's the way it is. You know, the gas price is going up because of the, the oil uh, industry. That's why. Nevre says he's known Salas for years and has seen all the good work he's done in the community. For him, that's enough to earn his vote. For The California Report, I'm Marisa Lagos in Delano. This story is part of a project from the California Newsroom, a collaboration of California's public radio stations, NPR, and CalMatters. And that's the California Report for Wednesday, October 19th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Paint Care. Now, with 834 drop-off sites in California, where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. Stanford Healthcare, alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area. Now's the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute. Coming this fall, the launch of research vessel FALCOR-2, advancing the frontiers of ocean science and exploration on the web at schmidtocean.org. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast.